This is Terry Howell from the Talk Back Fans Podcast, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show with the incomparable host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you doing? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. You found the Barbecue Central Show, a show that talks about barbecue and grilling stuff Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for those of you that can't get it live, never fear, we do it on podcast as well. And you can go to iTunes and Google Podcast and all that other crap where you subscribe to podcast and get this show at your leisure. First hour will be released tomorrow, second hour Thursday. And don't forget that best of show. On Friday, Friday marks the 100th episode of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. And it's a little special version. It's not the normal John Solberg piecing a couple interviews together from a previous. John actually interviews me. So if you've wanted to hear me get interviewed, talk about the genesis of the show and the the best of show and all that stuff, then make sure you subscribe to the podcast as we unveil episode 100. This coming Friday. Now, special guest in, by surprise, through, of course, Company Learjet. We welcome back the starting middle for the Seton Hill University Griffins women's volleyball team. That's right. You know her. You love her. It is Bobby Rempe. Hey, Bobby! Hello! How are you? Hello! Hello! And here she is, uh, live and in pro. Oh. I got it. I gotta fix your. Oh, it's that camera. Hold on a second. Do you only see my head? Well, maybe it's this chair. Because this chair is not good. Yeah, that's right. Now we're good. Yeah. Looking good. See, you still got a little purple in that hair, I see. Yes. I like that. You like that? Yeah. You're going to keep it up? No. No? No. Oh. You're gonna, so now we're in the process of letting it grow out. Yes. All right. All right. Now, uh, great stuff. So uh, f- last Tuesday, believe it or not, as you were in the f- opening round of the Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission Conference Board industry, and you were... Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. Conference. That's right. P- the uh, PSAC, as they say. The PSAC. I don't say that. My boss always goes. Uh-oh. when he's. Uh, I say, Mike, if my daughter was in the PSAC, and he goes, <laughs> PSAC. Because, you know. That's how you say it. it's PSAC. That's right. In the PSAC, you guys took you took it to East Stroudsburg. It was a tough four set loss. Um, kind of choked it away in the fourth, up twenty two to eighteen. Of course, that completely goes against my twenty two up by three or more points theory that I've been working on since JO season a number of years ago. True, but 
let's recap. So here's the good news, right? Yesterday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the NCAA Women's Volleyball Tournament revealed that as a seven seed in the Atlantic Division, Seton Hill will be playing Gannon. So you're excited about going to the fir- your first NCAA tournament? Yes. All right. So what has the coach prepared you guys for? Well, we played Gannon before once already this season. Yes. So in practice yesterday, we prepared on going up and playing defense against quick offenses. Because if I remember correctly, there isn't any one extremely tall. Like Stroudsburg had a couple really tall girls that were also very athletic and they could put the ball down and block very well on defense. I don't recall the same type of uh, athletic outfit on Gannon's side. They were quick, they could hit, but there wasn't anybody that was like mega tall. Yeah, I'm not really going to lie. Um, I don't remember. You don't remember? I know we lost in three oh. and we played a not great game. Yes. And they played, according to their coach, the best game of their season statistics-wise. Oh. All right. But... I don't remember what the other people on the other side look like. Hmm. They so prob- they I probably couldn't tell like you. Volleyball players. No. Oh. All right. So are many of you guys excited? the The game has been set. It's going to be next Thursday in Wheeling at two thirty p.m. Eastern time. Yes. So I mean, I'm fe- so here's what I think. You know, I was watching the East Stroudsburg game literally as we were going on air. I was calling play by play in the opening segment. <laughs> uh, of your game. I was doing my very best play-by-play impressions, and I was not doing very well. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, look at this team. Uh, they're taking Stroudsburg to the limit each and every set. They got their doors blown off earlier in the year by Stroudsburg. So I thought it was going to be a quick dispatch of you guys, but you showed stick some fortitude, some fight, and you took them to four. It probably could have been five. My thought was if you got them to five and then I raised thought to we were going to win. I thought at five... After the third set, yes, that last ball that I blocked, <laughs> I thought we had it in the back. You thought you were going to go on and win? Yes. Wow. 100%. Because then we were up, and then we weren't anymore. We lost. Yeah. But I thought if you got to five, the race to 15, you guys definitely would have had momentum. And you probably would have beat them. And then maybe you would have beat, was it Shepard that they ended up beating? Too, uh, or? Shippensburg. Oh, Shippensburg and then Shepard. We played them and we lost in five. Yes. We could have won. Yeah. So if we would have won the first one, we would have won the next one and then the PSAC. So we would have won if we would have won on Tuesday. You're, th- you're thinking you could have just gone right. At, you could have won the PSAC yes. tournament, right? Wow. Yes. My goodness. Well, I don't necessarily disagree. So here's what we need to take from that. I'm sure your coach has told you this. You guys play a clean game on Thursday, and uh, Gannon comes back to a little bit of normalcy, and they've done a little bit of losing as of late as well. I mean, they made uh, probably they a, lost in three to Shepard. Right, so. Shepard just joined the conference this year. Yes, and they're they're a pretty good team. I mean, you know, all in all, they're a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent team all the way around. Uh, that was a is that a school that was recruiting you back in the day or no? Yes, yeah, a little bit. So, uh, I mean. I'm saying 70% chance of Shoe winning on Thursday next week. Is that pretty good? Yeah. You think 70% is fair, or what's your heart telling you? I don't know. You don't know? No. Are you confident in your teammates? Yes. Yes. Then I would imagine you think you're going to win. Right? 
There's a lot of pounding going kill on them. over there. Kill them. Kill. Hey, let's talk about the 2019 inaugural season for one Bobby Bell Rempe, the freshman from Wycliffe from Villa Joe High School in Wycliffe. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, what? how's your first season? Like, did you expect to be starting? Did you expect to be seeing this amount of playing time? Like, what was your expectation going in? And uh, where is it being met now as we sit here a couple days before Thanksgiving? Be honest. Well, when the preseason started, I had no idea because we would practice and there was like eight people in my position. A lot of people. And three at the time were freshmen. One got moved to a different position. And then I went down my hip. Just. So I thought, oh, that's it. Done for sure. Because I missed all of preseason and a scrimmage. I never thought that I would be starting. And then in Michigan, when I started doing good. Yeah, fair state, right. I think is when he was like, hmm. So, I don't remember when I started starting. It was pretty much then. Like, you were starting the, the last couple matches, fair state. And then uh, you rolled right into the starting position every every match after that you were starting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean I don't I always like in high school I always started. So I mean I know it's different, but like I wanted to start. Sure. Was hoping to start. Knew I could do it seeing my competition. That mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, college is weird. Coaches can be weird about things and here I am. I'm starting. Did, do, you, and, do you get a and, letter? Huh? Do you get a letter? I don't know how that works. I don't think so. I'm leading yes. the oh, team in blocks. Wait, wait. Wait. <laughs> wait. You can go oh, to right. show by A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. That's right. Greg Rampy reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio with a Seton Hill women's volleyball statistical update. Kills, where are you? Um... Top fifth. Fifth. Wow, we as a freshman, fifth overall, as I might have. Now. Oh, crap. All right. Uh what about blocks? First. Leading the team in blocks as a freshman. The freshman from Wycliffe. Wow, we. I mean, blocking is just tenacity. You want it more than everybody else. And plus it's also uh, what I've come to find out. You don't have to be a tall maniac in order to be a good blocker i mean certainly you have the hops from uh i guess from both me and your mom but from what i hear uh, everybody on mom's side they said mom could jump but uh, that was the only redeeming quality of my athletic career was that i was able to jump really really high when i was in shape so uh, you you have some hops in you yeah but here's what i think the most unique thing about your blocking ability is Mm-hmm. You have an uncanny way of tracking the person on the other side of the net who's getting ready to put it down, and you time them up, and you put that ball right back in their kisser. And it's absolutely fast, especially the single blocks or down ball blocks. Those are momentum swingers for your team, and they are backbreakers for the other team because they think they're getting a great swing on the ball. It's coming over 100 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden, six-foot Bobby comes right up, whoop, poop, 
pops it right back down on the floor, score a point. They're demised. Your team rallies around, and they're yeah. like, Bobby's great again. She's great. Freshman from Wickley. Yeah. yeah. Like that one during the Easter Outsburg game when I thought we were going to win. Yeah, that was a great one. It was the best one all season. Right. They all said it. It was great. But that was the best block you had all season. Yeah. That was the best block anyone had. I was like, I know. Thank yeah. you. Well, I mean, uh, we don't lack for confidence anywhere over there. Uh-huh. Oh, wait. 66, I have. I have 66 blocks. 66 blocks. Second place has 57. Right. Uh, how tall are you? Somebody's at Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue wants to know how tall you are. Does he? Uh-huh. With sneakers. 5'11". Oh, six foot. 5'11". Let's round up. Because I'm just that much better when I'm shorter and blocking all the balls. <laughs> right. So, uh, I mean, taller than the average girl, to be sure, uh, Joe. But, you know, uh, from a volleyball standpoint, there's certainly much taller women at, uh, at the middle position. I'm so, short. Yeah. Like right. the girl at East Stroudsburg, 6'3". Yeah, she's a maniac. She's a monster. Crazy. All right, anything else before I let you go? No. No? All right. School's going well for you? I mean, I know, uh, you know, yeah. you go to college for academics for, uh, first, <laughs> not for volleyball. <laughs> so school's good? Yeah. I'm in the middle of writing a paper. All right. Great. Go write the paper. We will track what's happening on Thursday. If anybody wants to come out to Wheeling and support Seton Hill, bring it on. Woo! Buy your Coca-Cola and a can of popcorn if you want, and we'll see how it goes. In the meantime, Bobby, thanks for stopping by. You are welcome. All right. We'll see you later. That's Bobby. Bye. Wonderful appearance by Bobby Impromptu, of course, uh, flying in on the home-owned G5 back from Greensburg, Pennsylvania, as we get ready to stretch on over to the embedded correspondence segment. NCAA tournament time. Next Thursday is the opening round of 64. If they win, they would potentially play East Stroudsburg if they win their region. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, yes, TNS Barbecue, Daddy Dearest, will be in Wheeling. Can't miss that. I'll take vacation days for that. And if they make the run, it'll be a uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday run. So we'll see how it goes. All right, let's go ahead and load up for the Embedded Correspondence segment. Lots to get to with those guys, so stick around, and we'll be right back. Thanks again to Bobby Rempe, the starting middle for Seton Hill University women's volleyball team, breaking down the season and looking ahead to the NCAA regional round of 64 as they do that in Wheeling, West Virginia, this coming Thursday. Not this coming Thursday, a week from Thursday. This coming Thursday is obviously Thanksgiving. Stick around. Be right back. Show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, well, you know, it was like a week ago the Smithfield National Barbecue Championship took place, they crowned a winner. That's right, it ended up being Fred Robles. They're also taking applications for the grant program, smokingwithsmithfield.com. 
can head over there and also pay 20 or 25 bucks for the Committed Cooks program where you pay them to wear their stuff. And you can promote Smithfield, a uh, great marketing concept over there by the folks at Smithfield. Smokeablesmithfield.com, again, is the website. All right, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month, and you know what that means. I would uh, play the drum roll, but uh, hold on a second, guys. Let me see if I can fix this real quick. Uh, there it is. We are going to uh, race to the hot line. Oh, that's too hot. No, no, that's too hot. Hold on. Bear with me. I accidentally deleted this. Oh, still too hot. Ah, much better. It's the embedded correspondence. Little on-the-fly sound adjustments there. All right, here we go. Doug Shiding, the longest-running correspondent, is right there on your left. Uh, Steve Ray from Tennessee is right there on the top. John Solberg from Michigan is there just underneath Steve. Uh, We are, uh, I guess, for the foreseeable future, if not indefinitely, down a embedded correspondent. That would be David Huff from Oklahoma, and uh, he is uh, battling some... Uh, personal issues that he's got to get through before we uh, have him back here in the friendly confines of the Barbecue Central Show embedded correspondence segment. So uh, we have three now. If you're, hey, dare I say, applications are open. So if you think you have the chutzpah, if you think you can bring the heat once a month and compete with the likes of Doug, John, and Steve, I welcome you to email me, Greg, at com and make a pitch you don't just say, can I, and I say, yes, you have to make a pitch and sell yourself because, hey, I'm a sales guy. Steve's a sales guy. Doug was probably a sales guy at one point. I know John loves sales guys in general. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's all different kinds of fun here. All right, so let's get into uh, a number of topics that we have here tonight. Now, uh, Doug, there was something yeah. I saw, and John, were, was it you or Steve post that uh, wannabe meter thing the other day in our chat? Somebody posted it did you ha- do you have one john is that it i have a meat stick yeah meat I'm stick TN- that's right so that jogged my memory and i said man oh man i think it might have been a year ago or maybe it seems like two years ago when we there was this thing called the meter five years ago according to john um there was this thing called the meter and it seemed to have the legs of being perhaps one of the most prolific game-changing live-fire thermometers ever because it gave you internal, and then the part that stuck out of the meat was your ambient pin temperature probe. It seemed to solve all of your most ailing issues when it came to remote thermometering. Remote thermometering. Okay, I'm uh, inventing a new word. Uh, Doug was first on the bandwagon. I think he actually might have been co-founder of the Kickstarter as we dig a little (laughs) bit deeper into this. But, uh, Doug, I mean, you have been riding this horse up and down the range. So can you refill us in on uh, what I'm calling the timeline of disaster as we sit here as uh, 2019 is rapidly coming to a close? Well, thinking back, I I believe I have you to thank Greg, because didn't you have someone on the show that was talking about the meter? Um, and that's, I believe that's how I learned about it. Mm, I and I tried that. to find it on the archives. But anyway, so so in June, I went back and looked, have the emails, June 22nd, 2017. All right. I bought two of the meat probes mm-hmm. for a mere $69 each and $10 shipping. All no right. sales tax. They're in 150 okay. bucks right now. 
Yeah, 150 in. All right. And so then, then I heard about the stinking block, how it was going to have its own router, and then then it was going to have four probes. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> later that day, I bought the block. Wow. Just and like that, that was. $199 and $5 shipping. Oh, my. So now I'm into it. Now you're 355 Three, in. 355 wow, yes, wait. exactly. Wow. So um, I received my two probes, my first two probes. The They're only Bluetooth only. That was on October 11th, 2017. Not too bad, you know, five months, you know. Sure. I thought it was a part of the Kickstarter. Right? It's Bluetooth only. Yes. Well, I apologize. It's Bluetooth primarily. You have to have an iPad or something to act as a router, then to connect to your home network. And it was very convoluted. I did it once. Um, I used it three or four times, and then I just put it away. I'm like, okay, I'm not really going to use those oh. because with the, um, uh, you know, when you put it in the grill, it was fine until you put it in the grill. And, and then the Bluetooth connection was terrible. Oh. And I wasn't going to leave my phone outside all the time. And so that was no good. All right. And then has the meter or the meat block or whatever the hell they call the block, has that materialized yet or no? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I, uh, John, you know, John uh, was was pinging me several times saying I was never getting one. And so th- <laughs> that was probably April of this year. So I have an email April 2nd, ni- 2019. And I, I'm like, where is it? They responded back and I'm quoting them slower production, um, basically due to higher demand. How do you have slower de- <laughs> production due to higher demand when you're not even sending and that they're assembling them all by hand oh. and that it was going to be shipping soon? But, hey, if I was tired of waiting, they would offer an exchange for the meter plus, which apparently has a five times Bluetooth range as the original one. Mm. And that they would, you know, so then I'm like, mm, this is lacking confidence. But I'm like, oh, screw it. I didn't like the, you know, the the original meter. So, uh, you know, why would I change it for the meter plus? So, um so anyway, so I uh, uh, I just thought ah, I'll just wait it out, and uh, so on August second, I sent him again another email, 2019, and uh, where is it? And they said, oh, sorry, based on your order number, you should have been shipped in May, and <laughs> that I needed to confirm my address for them to ship it to, and it must have gone to your spam, oh. and that I had to go and confirm my address, and I'm like, oh, okay, so apparently they shipped a Kickstarter first, and then they shipped right. the Indiegogo backers. Indi- Indiegogo, right. Okay, so I was an Indigo back, uh, backer, and so I should have been shipped in May, a month after my first email in, in April. So I did get it. I confirmed, and I did get it on uh, August 19th. Um, and weren't, we, weren't you saying in the last uh, podcast or two how you got it and just put it in the drawer and then didn't use it? Well, I mean, that's... Well, you got some device. I, I had the fireboard that I got, fireboard. and I just yeah. put it in because... I had some perceived mental hurdle, and then once I actually used it, I was very ashamed and embarrassed. It was so okay. super easy to, to get going, and it, it works fabulous. I use it all the time. <laughs> okay. All right, so it, this sat on my coffee table because I actually tried to read the directions, but I always had my contacts in, and I hate using readers. The directions were so small that I would have had to have taken my contacts out to read them, and I didn't. And so I actually <laughs> used it, 
this mor- last night and this morning yes. so I could br- prep for this, and I used it in standalone mode. I tried to hook it up in Wi-Fi, didn't do it immediately, and then used it in standalone mode, and it actually was pretty good. Here it is. It's it's actually a pretty not- – it's built pretty solidly, yeah. so it's not a cheap kind of uh, uh, device, and th- they don't number – these are all one, two, three, four. Yeah. So it comes up on on your on your sure, uh, sure. screen. It's the temperature is one, two, three, four, and you can program it in um, what temperature you want it to go off at, and it'll start, you know, beeping about five minutes before. So I had a brisket on and a turkey on this morning, and then it started beeping in terms of. So I had two probes in, uh, two of the four in. So uh, and, it, but, and it, uh, you get the distance that you're hoping for, and they they seem to be accurate and temperature taking uh, and all of this. No, no, I I just oh, left no. it uh, next. Yeah, it's on standalone. Yeah, it. I moved it from like you know to to the kitchen area. Nah, one worked, one didn't. So, oh, and, no. and I don't know if it's a function of the Timberline because it's you know the double installation. Um, I don't know. I'm I, I'm gonna connect it on the Wi-Fi um, here soon. But um, um, first first experience is kind of mediocre, I'd say. Oh dear. So it sounds like it continues to be a nightmare. Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But I'm interested in this meat stick. Yeah, the meat stick so that John got and how right. much that cost. John, talk to us about the meat stick, I guess. Let's hear about that. I, I haven't really dug into it yet. Uh, the Wi-Fi kit comes with two probes and a uh, charger. and uh, But I haven't. It's it's like the 185 price range. And uh, I, I haven't gotten any deeper to it. How many thermometers did it come with? Two. Two. All right. So I Two. mean, it's it's half the price of what Doug's into, and it it's got about you know half the amount of thermometers. But uh, when do you uh, yeah, when do you piss, when do you anticipate a review or a use of that? Um, I'm hoping to get going with it this weekend and really take a dive into it and see if I can break it. Steve, what are your thoughts on all of this stuff? I bought a turkey today. You want to hear about that? I do want to hear about that. Let's talk right. turkey. All right. <laughs> do you, do yeah. you use any of that stuff, Steve? Are you uh, no. just Thermapen guy? You have any remote thermometer stuff? You have a fireboard or nope. anything like that? Thermapen. Thermapen. That's it. That's it. All right. Uh, Diane, me in the chat room says, "Just cook the damn meat and forget about the science experiment." We agree, Diane. Yeah. Yeah, we just like to buy tech. I mean, what can we say? We're men. Uh, all right. So that's the uh, Doug Shiding's uh, timeline of disaster update. And it sounds like it continues to be a bit of a disaster. But we'll see how it goes when he gets into Wi-Fi mode. Now, uh, let's quickly go around the table here. Last month, we were really bagging on Subway brisket sandwiches and uh, Arby's brisket sandwiches. We did pick our favorites out of the crap, which I always love to do, uh, picking favorites out of crap. And then we heard that there was some Nashville hot brisket sandwiches that I tasked everybody to go out and try. So, uh, Steve, let's start with you. Did you uh, try it, and what did you think? Yes. What did you think? Well, let me tell you. Oh, you see that right there? It looks like a styrofoam container. That's, but it's not. Oh. It, Doug and and y'all join me, John, Greg. This thing is really heavy duty. You open it up. Yeah. See there? I like it. Nice presentation. Yeah. I've got. I brought it with us. Oh. Look at that. See there? You doing a live eating demonstration here on the TV? No, I'm not going to eat it because it tastes like shit. Oh. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I wanted to show it to you. Yeah. All right. And uh, it, it is it is stacked as far as uh, presentation yeah. compared to the Subway 
What kind of the, is that um, like a uh, like a ciabatta bun or like what kind of a bun? Is um, it? yeah, it's a um, looks pretty heavy duty. It's a cornbread yeah. bun. Uh, cornbread. What's bun. it called, Doug? Cornbread bun. Yeah, that's it's it's pretty thick. Yeah. It's pretty thick. Good, um, the good, slaw the slaw was good. Good meat to bun uh, ratio. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot better, a lot better than Subway. It, it, it was. It's better than Subway. It's better than um, Arby's. We get? Arby's. Arby's. Yeah, but it's 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 just sliced so thin. It's um. That, that's it. It's like it's like oh dear chipped, chipped ham from Isley's up in Pittsburgh. It's <laughs> it's it's real thin. It's, yeah. it's not. It's, it's not good. Well, the difference, of course, is Isley's Isley's chip chop ham is absolutely delicious. Oh my god, I love that. It's one of my favorites but, of all time. But did you see this? Did you see that little thing when uh, you guys got yours? Fire a fire hydrant of sauce. Yeah, it's a. Um, now, now, Greg, you'll have to correct my pronunciation. <laughs> Daytil pepper hot sauce is that right? Daytil. I don't. I've never heard of it. D a t i l. Yeah, we'll pepper. go with day till. Why not? Okay. That, that's up by the counter, five ninety nine. I thought the uh, little fire hydrant thing was cute, so I bought it. Hmm. All right, but so but, uh, uh, like on a scale of one to ten, where does this hot uh, hot two. two? All right, two. John, did you uh, try it out? I did try it out. All right, what um, did you think? Uh, you know, I, the whole it was my first firehouse experience, which I thought just totally lacked luster. Oh. Um, you walk in the door, they say, welcome to the firehouse. And yeah. you can tell they just did not want to be saying that to you that day. <laughs> uh, so um, I thought that it was pricey. I'm sorry, I don't recall the price point. But I got the sandwich. It was just a roast beef shaved sandwich, like Steve said. Uh, there was a lot of heat on the front end. Front end. There was zero heat on the back end. I can't say it was good. I do think that the cornbread bun was good because it was sweet. And not being a bread person, for me, it was like eating a piece of cake. Um, the slaw was all right, as Steve said, but all in all, yeah, I, I got, I'll, I'll go a three on it, but that's the best I can three. do with it. All right. It. Uh, what about you, Doug? Yeah, it, uh, I did like the cornbread bun, but, uh, you know, as I've uh, been guilty of before, I can burn the bun. My bun was a little burnt, so I picked off the burnt head mayo, pickles, slaw, thinly sliced. I thought it was more like pastrami style. Mm. Um yeah, the, I thought the sauce was, and maybe that's that daytail uh, sauce that you bought, Steve, was more like a wing sauce, not a barbecue sauce. Yeah. And it was, I thought, entirely too spicy. Um, again, you know, the land of uh, fast food where barbecue sauce uh, dominates whatever sandwich. Um, I gave it a three, but mm. I did like Subway, remember, and Arby's is more like a two. All right. Well, so, um, it I... wasn't as bad as the Arby's. You know, a real I, – I, I don't want to say that I'm a, a Nashville aficionado, but I really like a good Nashville hot something, uh, usually on chicken, right? Um, so to see that get pressed over into brisket to maybe differentiate, I was definitely uh, in my mind at odds with myself because I'm like, well, I, I like it in concept, but is it going to translate into brisket? And the real unique thing about the Nashville hot sauce – is of course is you know a, a portion of that is uh, grease. It's the deep fried grease that you mm. put in, and then you add your spices, and then then you take the meat and you coat it, and toss it, whatever. That's what makes it unique. There was not one thing that screamed 
real Nashville hot sauce on that sandwich. And I can't even confirm that that was brisket. I really think it was just, I'm more convinced that I ate a Arby's roast beef sandwich at Firehouse Subs than I was when I ate a brisket sandwich at Arby's. Like, that's how much I thought that that was roast beef. So to me, I give it a one. Failure. Ooh, that should be uh, immediately, as Austin Carr just said, get that weak stuff out of here. That should be removed from the menu. And then, by the way, I just drove past a a, um, a firehouse at 4 o'clock this afternoon, and it said uh, Nashville hot brisket sandwich right there. So it's still up and available. I, I highly suggest not even uh, not just driving right past it. And by the way, uh, Subway House or Firehouse subs, they suck. They're just, in general, a big sucktitude of subs. Uh, it's, it's, they're really not, I, don't, I just don't like it at all. If you're going to get, like, to me, uh, you know, you go to, like, a mom-and-pop sub shop, and I don't even really think they have those anymore. A few in between here and there in Cleveland, I don't know if they have them where you guys are. I mean, everybody's pretty much relegated to, like, a firehouse or a subway or, or someplace like this, which is sad because back in the old days, you go to a corner sub shop, and those were some of the best sandwiches you could actually get. All right. Um, I think we're off of uh, food assignments from now. Uh, well, let me ask you: Did anybody eat Popeye's chicken sandwich? Doug, did you eat a Popeye's chicken sandwich? Of course. Oh, okay. Well, uh, quickly give us your uh, one to ten on that, because Daniel Vaughn rates it a seven overall on the best thing he's ever eaten. Oh, I, uh, if it's on a best thing you've ever eaten, it's more like a three, uh, three or four. But uh, yeah, I, and I do like Popeyes. I like their 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 fried chicken. So I also had the hot Nashville chicken at Firehouse yeah. just because I was there. And uh, yeah, that was more like a two. That was worse Oof. than the than the brisket. Than the brisket. It wasn't even fried. It wasn't even fried. But anyway, right. so um, uh, th- it's a good value. But uh, you know. Uh, Best thing you ever eat for, but on the sandwich on itself is a five or six. But all right, uh, Steve, did you have a Popeyes? Oh, you did the yeah. Popeyes thing live on your show, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, they're good. They're good. I, I'm, 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 I like them better than a uh, Chick Fil A. One to five or one to ten on a one being terrible, ten being the best thing you've ever eaten. Where does it rate? Uh, not the the best thing is. I mean, it's like a four, but as far as yeah. uh, chicken sandwich, it's like an eight to me. All right, well, it's good. Okay. Uh, and John, did you eat a Popeye's? I refuse to participate. Me in too. That <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> You're not going to catch me over there. If I got to open carry to go to a neighborhood to get a chicken sandwich <laughs> and fight with somebody in a really bad neighborhood and worry yeah. about my truck getting stolen, I am not going to do it. That's it's right. ridiculous. It's outrageous. Get over it. I'm done. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I will not succumb. <laughs> Daniel Vaughn had me on the ropes two weeks ago where I thought I was probably going to go within 48 hours of that segment just to see and. Somehow I resisted, and, and now I've built up an even more firm. I'm just there's just no way in hell that I'm going to do it. So uh, it will go away, and I will now have missed it twice in its life. So uh, we'll see. All right, guys, uh, stand by here for just a minute, and we'll get into the Thanksgiving talk here when we come back. We are the embedded correspondence segment right here on the Barbecue Central Show. I'll talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru. These guys are the creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. So if you have a friend or loved one that has a bullet-style smoker, kettle-style smoker, ceramic cooker, uh, some type of offset pit, then all you hear them do is complain about, it's too hard to maintain the temperature. I don't want to do it anymore. Think about a barbecue guru. 
something you're going to attach to the bottom or wherever the air intake is. You're going to take a one probe and put it in the cooking chamber. And that probe is going to monitor where the cooking chamber is at. And then the little fan underneath where the dampers are at the bottom on the intake will pulse. Make sure that fire stoke nice and right. Now you can just go ahead. Set that temperature wherever you want it. You can bake. You can grill. You can barbecue. You can do all that stuff. And they have a bunch of different models to choose from. So if you don't know which one you want, you call them at 800-288-GURU and you ask all the questions you want. They'll make sure that you are outfitted with the exact one that you need for your cooker. If you are into the whole tech thing, the uh, CyberQ Cloud is the one that you're going to want to get. That graphs, you can look at it from wherever you are in the world, really. They got a bunch of different other ones from there. Also, they have cookers and they have rubs and sauces, Bob. Trudnack has his own line of having a barbecue, so I think there's a peach brown sugar sauce that may or may not be coming out soon. We'll have to talk to him about that. But uh, longest supporter of the show. So, again, great gift idea if you're looking for somebody who is uh, complaining about having to tend those pit temperatures. Barbecue Guru is something that might be right up your alley. BBQGuru.com. That's BBQGURU.com or call 800-288-GURU. A breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back with more embedded correspondence right after this. Stick around. I'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is... And we'll wait for that. The embedded correspondents are here, though. Doug Shining from Texas is right there in the green shirt. Steve Ray on the top and in the purple shirt and blue background, which is... Man, I... Second week in a row, I'm just in love with... John's whole setup back there. It's so simple. It's so professional. Like he's in a real studio somewhere. It's great. Uh, All right, guys. So let's talk about Thanksgiving. Thursday it is. And I'm sure there's people that might have just forgot that it's it's this Thursday. So what are your top two or three turkey tips or tricks? Like Thanksgiving stuff doesn't have to be like the old we got to thaw a 60-pound turkey out over the next two days or anything like that. But uh, what do you find yourself, your go-tos as uh, Thanksgiving comes, Doug? Um, don't brine because they're almost all in a 8% brine anyway. So to me, that's like you know trying to brine extra tender ribs. So don't do that. Inject. I inject with Tony Chachery's, the uh, oh. Creole butter and the jalapeno. You mix it, and uh, that's about the right amount. Of spice. When I put it in the grill, I always put the breast to the back in the beginning because I want want to get them kind of heated up and going. And then about halfway through, I'll flip them around and have the breast pointing towards me so that I can monitor the temperature of the of the breast primarily, just so like I do chicken. Is there a, is it hotter in the back then? Yeah, typically mm-hmm. it is. I mean, you're opening the grill and stuff, and so I always put the thicker part of the brisket to yep. the back. I always put. You know the thicker part of the ribs to the back. I always do that. Are, do, are you? Do you buy into the whole icing the breast meat down to slow it down or to, to bring it down even a few more degrees? So you, so no. that takes so you can uh, achieve no. a overall finishing time together with a dark meat. 
Yeah, no, I, no, I mean, no. Uh, I, I actually try to speed up the breast to a certain, especially on a turkey, because it's so thick. So that's why I put it to the back, and then you turn around. You've got a larger window with the leg and the thigh, right? I mean, anywhere from 165 to 180, you're probably fine. But the breast, you need to really concentrate on and get that to about 160, 165. Uh, are you a spatchcocker? Spatchcock, yes. Always? Yeah, I do. Uh, no, not always. Not always. But uh, that would be the preferred method. I did a 20-pound bird this morning. Holy moly. How did it turn out? It turned out great. It may have been one of my best ones ever. Really? Yes. All right. Yes. Wonderful. I used to fry turkeys, and finally my wife has decided that or agreed with me that, that smoking the, the turkey is best. So I, I do it at 325 and probably about you know three and a half, four hours. All right, Steve, uh, your turkey tips? Uh, first thing is make sure you get the packages out of the turkey cavity. And yes. People laugh. Right, right. But I posted <laughs> no that on my Facebook page this week. And you wouldn't believe the comments I got privately and publicly about people doing the same thing and forgetting to take the packages out. There's usually three. There's that neck uh, that's raw. that's got a package of um, giblets or I don't know what, what those things are. And there's I think I think the heart is in there. And I heard Stephen Reichlin talking about it on the uh, – Best uh, 20 minutes of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. The, the other best day, moments think. of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I believe he said he, he throws them all in and, and he boils it. And that's fine if that's what you want to do it, but just take them out. And uh, number number two is clip the uh, the wings off. The, the wings don't cook well in a smoker. Hmm. They don't cook that great in an oven. Just go ahead and take those off. And don't worry about covering them with foil. They don't add that much to the presentation. And the the number three thing. So you're just that, you're just doing away with wings altogether. Yeah, there's only two of them. What are you gonna do with them? You just throw them away. Just throw them away. Yeah, throw them with those bags of stuff that came in the cavity. The whole wing or just the wing tip? No, the whole wing. It, nobody oh. eats it. Why <laughs> I eat mine today? What? I ate the wing today from the. Turkey I cooked for the hospital. Yes. Okay. Well, you can do it if you want, but I I throw them away because they just get black. And the third that's the third thing I was going to address in my part of the segment, All Doug, right. Right. was oh. when you put the turkey in the in the smoker. Yes. Cook it at a high temperature as my 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 comrade Doug did at 325 300 325 because that allows the bird to cook with a pretty color. There's nothing worse than seeing somebody take a turkey out of a smoker and it's black and they say how they cooked it for seven hours at 225 degrees. Isn't it beautiful? It's not beautiful. It's black. Turkeys are not black. They're supposed to be golden brown. Cook it at a high temperature for a short period of time and as you're cooking it, spritz it with butter at the top you can inject it like doug said beforehand but i'm talking about the actual cook spritz it at least every 45 minutes with spray butter and you will get a golden brown turkey that you will be proud to serve to your family without the nasty black spit the nasty black skin and trying to pass it off as a good looking turkey all right uh john your tips 
You know, I'm a whole fresh turkey guy. I don't spatchcock. Are you a heirloom fresh turkey guy? No, I get the grocery store brand. It's the, you can get a fresh one from the grocery store just like you get the frozen one. The frozen one has 8 to 12% brine in it. A fresh one might have up to 4% added water. Um, but you just, water? just water? Just water? Just water. Just water on yeah. those ones. All right. Um, and I wet brine it with the Alton Brown recipe, and I have for years. Uh, and then... I'm a 325, 350 guy All right. with a minimal amount of wood because you can really over blacken that also with too much wood. Yeah. So also, if you're going to use lump charcoal, a cheap lump charcoal will put a lot more dark on your turkey than a better lump charcoal. Just because of how clean it is or is not burning? That's what I believe to be the case. Mm. So, you know, to, what, go what, ahead. What size bird are you cooking usually? Uh, I'm the 12 to 14 pound times. Two guy. Yeah. Uh, same with you, Steve. Yes. All right. Uh, Doug, yes. Do you typically cook a twenty pound turkey? Or you're just feeling like no, a man I, today. I, I, it was supposed to be sixteen pounds, and uh, uh, I got the twenty pounds about right. uh, from the meat shop. So, but yeah, I did get the young fresh uh, for whatever it's worth. All right. Well, well let me quickly uh, run back around, John, and we'll uh, we'll come back and get your uh, wrap up on the the turkey stuff. Uh, Doug, have you ever had an heirloom turkey? No. Would you have any idea where to find one? Mm, maybe crowd cow. All right, uh, I have no idea. Steve, uh, heirloom turkey, yes or no? No, I saw a turkey online today that was uh, eight dollars a pound, <laughs> and the total cost of the turkey was one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow, we. Uh, Somebody took a picture of the you know the the sticker. Uh, John, um, er, er, have you ever seen heirloom turkey? I know you said you don't use them, but have you seen heirloom turkey? No, I've never. All right. Well, uh, as as luck would have it, I was just in Larder Delicatessen uh, at the end of the week last week talking to owner Jeremy Yamansky, who is a foraging expert and a koji master. And I said, well, your pal, Stephen Reichland, was just on my show, and he said something about heirloom turkey. I've never heard of such a thing. Well, lo and behold, Jeremy has an heirloom turkey on order from a place called Ohio City Provisions or Ohio Provisions or something like that. And it was, you know, probably $5 a pound. Mm -hmm. and, but he said, hey, I know you got the face on that I can't see right now, but, you know, it's 12 pounds. You're going to be paying 60 bucks. He's like, but the flavor that this heirloom turkey is going to have is, it's he, and he likened it almost to like, you know, caribou to pork versus a, a commodity pork flavor, if you will. And he said uh, that the flavor that you will hit your palate on a heirloom turkey versus your butterball or, you know, you name it, commodity brand are so different. And that's why one is, you know, what, what's a turkey on sale cost? 25 cents a pound or 50 cents a pound or something like that versus $5 a pound. He said the 60 bucks is well worth. So, uh, I mean, he inspired me not enough to go five blocks up the street to Ohio City Provisions and order an heirloom turkey because, oh, by the way, I'm married now 22 years and I have cooked, uh, what, uh, one Thanksgiving ever? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've hardly ever cooked a Thanksgiving in my life. My mom cooked Thanksgiving uh, up until I can remember, and then when I got married, my mother-in-law has taken over all the Thanksgiving. So, I mean, I don't ever cook uh, Thanksgiving. I, I uh, sometimes have to suffer through Thanksgiving, but I rarely have to cook through Thanksgiving. Uh, all right, so um, quickly, let's go around the top here. Uh, Doug, this will be a little bit repetitive for you, but Steve, a spatchcock or no? 
No, absolutely not. John, spatchcock? No. Doug, you are a spatchcock. Yes. Uh, Doug, cranberries in the can, yes or no? No to cranberries. Period? Period. All right. Uh, Steve, cranberries in the can, yes or no? No. No to cranberries as well. Okay. Uh, And John, cranberries in the can, yes or no? Absolutely, yes. Yes! It's a treat from Jesus Christ himself, for crying out loud. Uh, Let's see. uh, Mashed taters, yes or no, John? Yes. Uh, Doug, mashed taters, yes? Absolutely, and I make the gravy because you can never have enough. That's right. Uh, Steve, mashed potatoes, yes or no? It's a must. Got to have mashed potatoes. It's a must. Let's stay with Steve. Stuffing or dressing? Uh, Dressing. All right, so you like to go outside the turkey? Uh, yeah, that's how that's how we cook it here. Okay, we don't cook it inside; we cook it in a pan. You, you ever know. do you ever stuff a turkey, or just never would do that? No, I never have. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm like you. I've never I've never been charged with doing the entire meal. I've done the turkey, and then they say just stay out of the kitchen. Uh, John, uh, dr- dressing or stuffing? Uh, we call it stuffing, but it doesn't go in the bird. So up here, it's just refer. It's so it is technically dressing, but up here we call it stuffing. Okay. Never in the bird. You've never done it in the bird. Yes, um, okay. back in the day before you found out it was probably not the greatest way to go about it. Uh, uh, Doug, stuffing or dressing? My mom's stuffing was the best, and she did it original, uh, initially in the bird, then she would take it out and finish it in a pan. Mm, delicious. So it, uh, you got a little crust or crisp yep. on there? Exactly, and then and hopefully that got all the bad stuff, you know, because it sometimes doesn't cook in the stuffing, right? When you when you put it in the bird, but yeah, it it was in the bird during the 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 cook, and then she she finished it in the pan. All right, uh, John, dark or white meat preference? I'm I'm good with both, and I will put both on the plate right off right out of the gate. All right, uh, Doug, dark or white meat preference? Um, I always like to try the white because that's harder to cook. Uh, so you're doing it from a competitive standpoint, then. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I just want, yeah. All right, uh, Steve, dark or white meat? White meat, white. lots of gravy. All right, uh, so I mean, should you should one infer with lots of gravy that you've overshot, or do you just like gravy? I just love gravy. I love. I put it on everything. All right, the uh, dressing, potatoes, everything. I'm dark meat guy. Uh, I'm dark meat guy on chicken. I'm a dark meat guy on turkey. Any poultry, I guess. I'm uh, more dark meat guy than than white meat. And uh, I've never been around a lot of recent Thanksgivings where the white meat has um, uh, drawn my attention in a positive way, if you know what I mean. So, uh, but there is usually a lot of gravy, so that's a, a saving grace nonetheless. All right, uh, so let's quickly go around. Uh, Steve, we'll start with you. A favorite Thanksgiving Day memory. <laughs> this is easy. 2007, we were invited to my wife's sister's home. In Knoxville. All right. And we went up early. I went up early with them, and uh, my brother-in-law and I were going to play golf. So we went. We got up early and went to the, the country club, and he treated me to a, a great breakfast at the club. And we played golf, and it was a, just a wonderful morning. And we finished our golf, and um, we had drinks. And he said, well, uh, lunch is at 2, so let's, let's head on back. So we got on back, and um, – the turkey was uh, just going into the oven at 1.45. Oh, dear. So, but who's in a hurry on Thanksgiving, right? So, thought nothing of it. Sat around. The guests started to arrive. The caterers started to arrive. Everybody was drinking. Caterer. 
and then drinking and drinking. Two o'clock came and went. Three o'clock came and went. Four o'clock came and went. My brother-in-law kept drinking. Five o'clock came and went. Oh, dear. Six o'clock came and went. And I heard a commotion <laughs> in the kitchen. And these people live in a quite a lovely home with a double oven. And I heard one of the ovens open. And I heard the turkey come out and get slammed into the other oven that was set at sun. <laughs> he put the turkey in there, and then we watched it cook in an infrared environment. Oh, and wow. we all joyfully sat down at 7.45 for Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, my Lord. And, and not not a whole lot of conversation was going on. Especially between my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. So after the um, dinner, my uh, two brother-in-laws and I went retired to the den. And we sat there. And, we, of course, we were going to sleep. But then one of the uh, nephews turned on HBO. And lo and behold, it was a Britney Spears <laughs> concert, uh, concert from yep. Las Vegas. Oh. I had never seen Britney Spears in concert. I didn't really get Britney Spears. I get Britney Spears now. I sure do. Yeah? Watch that concert right. without batting an eye. Yeah, I bet. Without moving an inch from that couch. So what turned out to be a just a bad meal experience Turned into a great Britney Spears viewing experience yeah. <laughs> at about 10.30. Steve yeah. Ray, b b uh, head of the Britney Spears fan club after that, right? I'm a big follower yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, I you bet you it. are, no doubt. Uh, John, do you have a, can you regale us with a Thanksgiving tale? That's a tough one to follow. Sure. Um, I, I actually, wouldn't, I thought about this and I thought the best Thanksgiving memory I have, actually I was in the Air Force, it was 1982. Couldn't make it home, um, but we weren't working that day. So uh, my roommate said, hey, let's see who's not working today. We didn't have any plans. We didn't have a turkey. I had a Stouffer's frozen lasagna in the freezer and a frozen garlic bread. And we get started getting on the phone back in the old days. You know, you dialed the phone with around and around. And we, we found a you know dozen people that were there like us. Everybody just brought whatever they had in their freezers and in their refrigerators and beers and we just all met up at my place and we just had the greatest Thanksgiving I think I ever had <laughs> and just just with Stouffer's frozen lasagna and some garlic bread if nothing screams Thanksgiving like uh, Stouffer's frozen lasagna but what are you going to do I mean you're in the Air Force and you, I mean you, 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 options are very limited at that point we didn't plan you know you're not planners when you're you know 19 <laughs> you're not thinking about it that's right flying by the seat of your pants uh, all right uh, Doug do you have a uh, favorite Thanksgiving memory well, when I was a kid, we used to go to to, to Iowa and, you know, my uh, grandfather's house on the farm and stuff. So that was always fun. But uh, more recently, and this is going to shock uh, Steve Ray Spears, but um, <laughs> it was when I was with my nephew and nieces. 
Um, and uh, that's back when I used to fry turkeys, probably uh, 10 years ago or so. And uh, we had a fried chicken wing contest, huh. and we had three rounds uh, that we did just like the uh, you know national barbecue uh, uh, Smithfield, but uh, we did had three rounds of 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 and it was just they had so much fun and then they got all, to all taste each other's and I mean we must have done that for two three hours so hmm. it, it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, my favorite Thanksgiving memory is one that repeated itself for oh my god fifteen years maybe even twenty years as I'm trying to think. Um, there were uh, two different traditions in my house that were mainstays. Uh, thanks or Christmas was always spent at my mom's parents' house in Hornell, New York, and we would go. Uh, I mean, I think there was at one point we would go. You know, two weeks there were days leading up to thanks or Christmas. We'd have the actual event, then we'd stay for like a week, almost into New Year's, and it was like a whole thing. My cousin was there, and it was great. And uh, that was Christmas, always over at, at Grandma Lapiana. Thanksgiving was at my house, wherever we were at at that point. And originally it started in Saratoga Springs, New York. And then my dad's brother, my Uncle Tom, would show up and he had his wife and he had two sons. And then my dad's parents would also show up. So this is Grandma and Grandpa Rempe for me. And uh, that was probably in the neighborhood of a week. Maybe it was a little shorter than that. But the you know th there were things that really stuck out to me during those times. So, and that was waking up Thanksgiving morning and it was my Uncle Tom and my mom uh, feverishly working at some ungodly sized turkey that everybody was breaking out the uh, tape measures to try and figure out how they were exactly going to fit that son of a bitch into the oven and uh, mathematically working out how, you know, back timing it in so everything else was going to finish all at the same time as we were shooting for a, a dinner time arrival. And then uh, my Uncle Tom had a great love affair with wine, and he did a lot of traveling at one point, and he would always bring back these uh, German, uh, they were called Franken wines. I, I, that, that's a wine brand for some reason that really sticks in my head were these Franken wines, and I didn't like wine back then at all, and I tried, and I tried, it was just not any good. The thing that just sticks in my mind the most, and I hope nobody is listening, my my uncle's wife really liked drinking. Uh -oh. And by the time Thanksgiving dinner rolled around, there were more years than not when she was well into the bag. And it was just <laughs> a great sight to behold. You know, just kind of yapping and yelling and maybe sometimes passing out and all that stuff. But uh, like every year, like that was it. And then it was like, okay, well, I got to go to work because I worked at a movie theater and I had the ability to escape at that point. Because as you know, uh, Thanksgiving and I think it's Christmas are two of the biggest going to the movie nights in the movie industry, believe it or not. So uh, there you go. So that's kind of my Thanksgiving reprisal and uh, story. So uh, there you go. Uh, we have a great thanksgiving coming up for everybody hopefully i'll still be passing along some tips and tricks and old podcasts but in the meantime i want to thank my guys john solberg from michigan steve ray from tennessee and doug Shiding from texas a very happy thanksgiving uh, be safe be well hug the ones you love all the good stuff and we will see you guys back believe it or not to close out the year of 2019 next month we'll actually see how logistically that's going to work out but will probably be here next month. So uh, there they are, the Embedded Correspondents.
See you gents later. There they go. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. All right. Uh, I got one more of these to do, and then we can make tracks to get out. I'm telling you, man, it was a sight at my house. Is Uncle Tom's wife going to make it through Uh-oh. dinner? Is she going to vomit? Uh-oh. Let's hope not. That's expensive wine. Keep that in house. Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. We'll get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa has something for everybody to be a better outdoor cook. They have 13 perfectly balanced rubs and seasonings if you want to jump in on those. Also, a special relationship with Steph Franklin and the folks over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Putting those two together gets you the West Coast offense. They own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for a new go-to sauce or you're tired of what's on the market, head on over and check out Granny's Barbecue. It's delicious. I've had it. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they also have great cookers. Of course, they are the exclusive Mac Online pellet cooker retailer. So if you're interested in learning more about those, BigPapaSmokers.com. Also, Old Hickory Ace BPs. It's the only charcoal cooker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you have any questions about what cooker you may or may not want to get, call them 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's Big papasmokers.com back to wrap the show right after this stick around be right back whole packers full racks legs and thighs injecting butts if you've never heard this before you might think you found the best triple x show ever Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. We thank Doug Scheiding, John Solberg, and Steve Ray for joining me last segment. And the segment before that, breaking down Thanksgiving, little meter talk, all the good stuff. We'll find them again next month as we close out the year of 2019. And we get ready to race away right here, all the way back in the first hour. Richie Robin started us out. If you're interested in that kick-ass cutting board, go to GatorPit.net, not .com, .net. The top right, as you look at it, there's a big red uh, shop button. Click on that. First thing listed is the cutting board. Again, 35 inches, 18 inches high, half inch thick, the grease channel that runs all the way around it. 165 retail. Use promo code BBQ Central. That's BBQ Central for 10% off. That brings you down to 148.50. Can't beat it. You're going to be really happy with this cutting board, let me tell you. After Richie, we talked with Robin Lindars, the Grill Girl. Don't forget, her holiday gift guide will be launching the 10th anniversary of that, I believe. So make sure you go to grillgirl.com regularly and get your hands on the gift guide. And then we did the second hour with the embedded correspondence. 
Want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving coming up here in the next couple days. Wherever you're going to be at, be safe. Enjoy the ones you're with and enjoy the food. Send me pictures. I want to see it. We'll break it down next week. Big show lined up for you next week. Jess Priles is in. Sam the Cooking Guy is in. Malcolm Reed is in. Emily Detweiler is in. Packed already. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Happy Thanksgiving and good night now.